This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie McGlintock. Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie McLintock. 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 I don't know. See, people pronounce it differently in the movie. So <laughs> my guest that you just heard has seen it before. He is the host of the VOD Squad and the Diamond Club Movie Party. Please welcome Clyde Harvey, a.k.a. Poodle Puncher, to the show. First time on the show. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, I, I, I feel like it's a crime to not have the movie party uh, host on Cinemavention where we talk about movies. I mean, well, come I mean, on. This is a completely different kind of movie than we would watch in the movie party. Although we did watch this uh, back in November for the good movie. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And you guys. Uh, yeah. It's it's a fun experience. And actually, I will say the uh, the watch parties that we have for Cinemavention kind of like are inspired from the movie party of course we have we are we're we're watching good movies as opposed to bad movies on movie party but hey you know yeah the the problem though is with good movies a lot of times uh the dialogue is very important to the plot and if people are talking you miss stuff and then stuff doesn't make sense in the movie Mm -hmm. Uh, which we found uh, early on in movie party that you can really only watch bad movies that it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yep Uh, no so that's uh that's a good format and it's it's a good it's such a good format that i stole it (laughs) but hey at least at least i'm honest with what i steal you know (laughs) (laughs) sure all righty with that said let's go ahead and uh give some stats about the movie uh, McGlintock is available to stream for free on all major internet distributors because, well, it's in the public domain in the United States. So it's great how that works out. More movies should be heading into the public domain, but that's a separate conversation for another time. McGlintock was released by Batajak Productions and United Artists on November 13th, 1963. The movie was directed by Andrew V. McLan and stars John Wayne. Maureen O'Hara, Patrick Wayne, Jack Krusichin, Krusichin, and Stephanie Powers. The movie had a budget of $4 million and made $14.5 million in theaters, which might not seem like much, but back in 1963, that was a lot of money to be made in the box office. Basically, uh, it made all the money. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, do you remember when you saw this movie for the first time, Clyde? Uh, it had to be sometime in the early nineties. Um, when I kind of first became aware of John Wayne and started watching any movie of his that I could get my hands on. Um, yeah, 
Well, and John Wayne is kind of known for these like kind of Western movies, right? Like that's kind of his trope, right? Yes, but that's also one one of the reasons that this movie is so important in his catalog. I don't know if we're ready to go into that or if you've got something else you want to talk about first. Mm-hmm. But um, because, you know, he had a role that he was known for playing. He was Mr. America. You know, they he he had been in up to this point so many movies that were basically almost I I wouldn't say cookie cutter but Mm -hmm. he had a character that they would write specifically for and people would go to the movies to see that specific character Mm -hmm. Um, and this movie was the first chance for him to really speak out, make, make a movie that said what he wanted to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was, uh, it, it allowed him to, uh, express his disapproval for, you know, how, uh, the Westerns up to this point had negatively portrayed native Americans. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, also his, uh, as was I read someplace that his discontent for political corruption from both parties. Mm-hmm. So political corruption in general, which is why um, everybody in the movie is treated fairly and is respected by him with the exception of the government officials. Mm-hmm. And they are regularly made the butt of the joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. On and it's on purpose, and it was only because of his stature that he was able to do that. And I mean, it's worth stating that the the undertones of this movie, the message that he was trying to put across, was very progressive for 1963. Yeah, for 1963, you know, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and, but he was able to also pr- put that forward in a comedy, which he didn't typically, he didn't do comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the other thing about this movie that was surprising. Um, and that's one reason that this movie stuck out to me. It's, you know, much like paint your wagon, which is a Clint Eastwood movie. Clint Eastwood is known for a specific character type mm-hmm. in Westerns. And then you get paint your wagon, which is a Western musical. Mm. Like you go in completely not expecting to see uh, Clint Eastwood up on state up on the screens uh, singing, but uh, it was a welcome surprise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now you say that this was, this movie was definitely progressive for its time. Although <laughs> there were a lot of uh, questionable. In fact, when we were doing the watch party for this movie, there were um, someone was keeping a tally of like, <laughs> of like, Stuff that would not fly in today's movies. But okay, so yeah. that being said, you have to put aside your own personal prejudices because it's not, it, there was nothing in this movie that was offensive. Um, anything that was like terms or whatever in this movie would have been correct for the period of the movie took place in sure. the 18. 18- 
uh, around 1850, 1860, if you kind of do the math based on the the few vague dates they give mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and I would say are very tame uh, by what probably would have been said in that time period. You got to remember, mm-hmm. this is pre-Civil War. Right. You know, or right around, uh, you know, there, there's a good chance that this movie was taking place while during the Civil War, you know, uh, in the 1860s. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and I, you know, I, anybody that, that says that this wouldn't fly is mistaken because it, there's a point of authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were going around calling everybody Native Americans, it's not believable Western because nobody in that time period would have used that terminology. Yeah. Well, and and that's something, I mean, because when you guys were watching it in the movie party, of course, you have <laughs> famously, you guys have that little disclaimer that's like, you know, <laughs> like that disclaimer. It's like, you know, we're going to be watching stuff and it's like, you know. Well, that disclaimer is not about the movie that disclaimer is about us sure about our jokes that we're not going to filter ourselves and you know mm-hmm. i i don't care about being politically correct because yeah. pc is ridiculous mm-hmm. um you know but yeah and that that disclaimer is mainly for people that would come in without knowing what's going on and then be a you know potentially be offended by what we're doing Mm-hmm. It's not about the movie itself. Sure. Well, and uh, I mean, I and and definitely that's, you know, absolutely something to keep in mind is, you know, context is, of course, you know, everything, you know. Yeah. Of course. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like if, if let's say there was a movie about slavery, but all of the slaves all had agency and were able to make their own decisions, it's not believable. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a point you can only you can only walk that PC line so far before it becomes just unreasonable. And if it's unbelievable, then you lose the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I mean, yeah, to to that to to that point, absolutely. Um, I mean. For me, like it, it's it, I, for me, it's hard to ignore some of that stuff, and it's like I know that like you know people have like people have judgments about you know whatever it have you right, but um you know for me, I think I I would I myself would be doing a disservice if I didn't you know at least mention the fact that that there was you know yeah I mean well, grant, actually granted I, the, I would. Yeah, I would argue that you are doing yourself a disservice by even focusing on it because there were no slurs. There was no insulting language used for anybody in this movie. Well, I mean, sure. they, they, they they use the term Indian, which was a common term until recently. Mm-hmm. You know that and just, be, you know, you can't you can't judge the the work uh based on something that is was recently changed yeah well and also and also i mean he he intent when he did this he 
he made this movie, he intentionally used non-insulting language, non-inflammatory language because of his immense respect for the people. Mm-hmm. At the time, that was the proper term. You know, it'd be no different than uh, a movie that used the term midget when at the time, that's what that group of people wanted to be called. That was their preferred uh, term. Mm-hmm. And now it's little person or, you know, tomorrow it's something else. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't criticize or judge the work um, unless it was something that was over was over the top, you know, meant to be derogatory. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about, uh, well, cause what, what about, uh, gender roles in this movie? Of course, you know, that, that, that is always like, again, like you said, it was of the time, you know, yeah. like you have the generals that are, you know, and, enforced and, in that way. But and that was the thing is, and the, the gender roles were inflated on purpose mm-hmm. and meant to be, cause it was, you know, that was the other thing was, uh, like uh he had uh opinions on uh abuse and in like marriage and relationships and i mean yes uh at the time the you know gen- the, the gender roles were uh women were in more of a submissive mm-hmm. uh role in society partly because they did or not that they didn't have agency, but there wasn't a lot they could do as far as, you know, you're living out on the plains. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were primarily dependent on men, which is why in these like movies, you will see when their husband dies, they quickly remarry because it did uh, a lot of times they didn't have skills outside yeah. of uh you know washing and sewing and normal at the time normal as, as is what i'm referring to uh sure uh occupations which may not be in need well and and if you, you know, think in, about in it in that area where they are well, you know if they're in a city it's one thing but when you're out in the prairie and you have to provide for yourself yeah. Well, if you think about it, um, Catherine is kind of like, I do like the character Catherine a lot, too, because <laughs> she is like, well, she is like, she's the only one in the movie that really is like, kind of her own um, See, boss, but you know, you're you're missing the point you're missing there is that she was her character needs to be brought down off of her high horse. She started out dirt poor with everybody else and somehow got this idea that she was better than everybody Mm -hmm. and left, which is why she intentionally uses big words to demean people. Yeah. um, And is constantly insulting uh, GW because she she feels that she is uh, is is better. And she mm-hmm. doesn't belong there anymore because she's above everybody. The other thing to remember is that this movie is based is loosely based on the taming of the shrew by William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I I'm 
pretty sure you're not familiar with. I don't no, know if you've no. seen uh, the movie Ten Things I Hate About You. No, I have not. No, um, which is was in the late '90s. It was a high school uh, comedy drama, but and it it was similar where you had a stuck up girl um, that basically has to be brought down a few pegs and realize mm. that, oh, the problem isn't everybody else. It's me. Um, but the way so, that they the way that they do that, though, like, I mean, I don't know, like that's that that's where I find like that's that's what I have an issue with is the way they ha- the way they did it. You in, know? in what in what regard? Um. Well, particularly, I well, because here's the thing: I the ending in particular, right? Like that is what, like, so so at the very end, um, George is basically like you know chasing her around the house in her bloomers, which or around by the, the town, yeah, which by the way, you know, scandalous. Well, at but the that time, was sure. that was her choice. That was her choice. She was, you know, she left the room. Because he had had enough. He'd said, hey, it, it's been all this time. I need to know why did you leave? She abandoned him two years ago, and she had been flitting around with the mm-hmm. governor and other guys using spending his money. He he All he wanted was an answer, why? Mm-hmm. And she went out on the balcony and fell off the balcony. She could have just gone, walked right back into the hotel but she decided to storm down the street. Um, yes, I mean that that whole scene, though. You have to understand. Uh, most westerns end with some sort of big, like gunfight, usually in the street, mm-hmm. right? And this was their play on that. Okay, this was this was the parody, um, and the ability to add really lean so, into the slapstick so and you had the Pratt falls and you had all the different things um well then what made her change her mind about getting divorced with george at the very end then it was when when he could it was the fact that he was devoted enough to not let her walk away he kept following her kept insisting and he it was the fact that he cared enough to take her and put her over his knee and he spanked her um which was kind of a was was a which is what you would have done to a small misbehaving child yeah you know it, you know cuz spanking is you know now is seen seen as uh negatively but yeah historically has served a good kind of role in many people's lives in the fact that, Hey, it, it reinforces that. Yes, you, you did something that you need to be punished for. It's not, it, it, you know, it'll sting, but you're not going to be like physically harmed. Yeah. But well, and uh, that debate yeah. and that debate is still going on even now. Yeah, but that's you know? what I'm saying. Today's yeah. standards. Sure. But uh, um, but this, in, in the context of this movie, he basically treated her like a misbehaving child. And a parent usually spanks their child out of, or it would have spanked, in this situation, mm-hmm. what they're referring to is a child or a parent 
would spank their children out of love. The I love you, you need to understand. You need something to show you that you did wrong and I don't want you to do this again, you know. Yeah. Um which is what I believe that that was meant to be. Um you mm-hmm. notice that in no other way in the movie does he he doesn't lay a hand on her. He doesn't physically harm her. I mean, um, that, I mean, he does like kind of force him. I mean, well, because here's the well, I mean, that's I mean, he does force himself onto him and, and like kiss her at like towards the very beginning. But like, yeah, but that's because he hasn't seen her in two years. Sure. That's his wife. Um, You know, yeah. if if I haven't seen if I hadn't seen my wife in two years, he. I I would probably uh, yeah. forcefully embrace her too, even if she's kind of like I don't really want to see you right now. Yeah, I mean, that's just human nature. Well, sure, um, yeah. But no. when she yeah. says no and pushes him away, he 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 walks out. He doesn't like try to force anything further, and mm-hmm. he uh, kind of leaves it at that. And you can see throughout the movie, she's a lot of it's an act because she's she'll be mad at him and he'll storm away and then she'll look back like, yeah, I did yeah, notice that. I did notice that a few times. Like uh, he would, it, yeah. It, especially when, uh, towards the end with the stair scene, uh, when he mm-hmm. comes riding up, she sees him outside the window. Cause he was singing to her and she gets all excited and she comes out of the room and then sees him at the bottom of the stairs with Yvonne Carlo on, uh, on his lap. And then she gets mad and, yeah you know goes back in but so uh yeah a lot of it was it was you know an act yeah uh and he called her on it so yeah yeah. why 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 do you think though because he um he when he when he talks to his daughter right Mm -hmm. she uh, he mentions the fact that he's not going to give the inheritance to her and the explanation that he gives is like basically like I want you to live the same life that I did, but that's why you're not giving, that's why he's not giving the inheritance to her. So no. Okay. So there's, there's a couple things in that. Um, number one, he has an immense respect for her. The mm-hmm. fact that, that he has been successful, he started with nothing. He built up everything. Mm-hmm. He is the most powerful and richest person in that area, which means everybody is wants his what he has, and they're willing to go through uh, his daughter or his wife to get it, which is why the you know the governor was so interested in her, right? Because he wants McClintock's land and money, and he said for that reason, number one, I'm not leaving anything to you because for you to fully appreciate what you earn you must suffer Mm -hmm. you need to work for it because when you're just given something it's not it doesn't have the same value and you don't grow as a person yeah so that's number one number two the other reason is because he respects the land um and the the ecology and he wants it to be preserved. Mm. So, which is why he wants wants all of his land to become like a national park or something. Which, worth noting, um, they 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 kept referring to that as being the Mesa Verde, 
right? Mm-hmm. Well, Mesa Verde is a national park, mm. so which it, is, so, I assume, what they were referring to in the yeah. So, so yeah, you, so they're basically implying like that was yeah. you know like I mean yeah, it's probably exaggerated for story purposes, sure. but it but it is. Yeah, I mean, because like, clearly yeah. it was shot in Arizona, but it takes place in the Mesa Verde, which would be southern southwestern Colorado. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, uh, but which also. Because they he's at the very beginning when he's scolding uh, Mr. Douglas about the government giving the people free land because mm-hmm. um, those people are all being scammed by the government. Mm. Because as he points out, you can't farm at 6000 feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. That's the high it's high desert. Um, you 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 can't farm there. And that's why if you go. To that area, there are still no farms. <laughs> wow. And, you know, and uh, Mr. Douglas accuses him of, you know, being belligerent and not willing to support the farmers. Yeah. Um, but no, he that speech is for the benefit of those farmers that are going to probably starve to death and die mm-hmm. is a warning. Hey. Number one, nothing is free, which is true. The government gives you something free. It's not free. Somebody paid for it. And but in that case, the price that those people would probably pay would have been their lives. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, it's talking on the government like that. You because we mentioned about how the Native Americans like Mm -hmm. they had the like when the court case was happening, like they they asked uh George to defend them and in court and you know present a case for them, right? And you know, in 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 you know, in credit to them, it's like you know, that like you said, you know, he was kind of exposing the fact that it was like. Yeah, no, these these people are getting treated like shit, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, and these are, and you got to remember the in the history that they built up in this movie, these were people that he had previously fought as, you know, they were at one time enemy, but they had both, they had earned each other's respect mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. Uh, it's not like they were always friends. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, Chief Puma, when he gets off the train, he points to McClintock's chest and uh, talks about a wound, you know, that he had inflicted on GW Mm -hmm. and, you know, indicating that, yeah, they had fought. They had fought years back, but that that a lot of times fighting will, uh, you know, bring people together. uh, Hmm. Because you, you, if both sides fight fairly and, you know, you, you can earn respect for each other. Yeah. Which is, yeah. is the case here. Yeah. Well, and, and you could tell that the court case was stacked against them from the well, start. I mean, it, <laughs> and it's not like they could have written any other, uh, any other outcome because yeah. we, all, we, you know, the history books show what happened, mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, those uh they they kept saying the comanche but i don't think and i i don't know a lot about the comanche but yeah you know they're they're they were uh credited as the comanche nation that doesn't quite seem right to me yeah i was thinking but uh but who knows 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't know a lot about the Comanches. Yeah, I didn't, well, and, I didn't think they were that far north. But yeah, well, in many yeah. ways too, it's also like you know, it once again is exposing like how like with it being so stacked against them, it was kind of exposing like I mean, in in many ways, it's a it's a period piece about that time but, period, you know. I mean, yeah, and but you also got to remember that the whole point of that trial. And the whole point of that situation was to set up the gag later because Mm. when they get the guns and they go riding through town, right? That's what covers, uh, that's what covers Catherine with the molasses and then the feathers, which forces her to go to her room to change which is the beginning of the final chase scene. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole point of that. It was in there for commentary purposes, but that commentary wasn't really part. That was just kind of an added thing. It gave him a platform where he could say things without being preachy, but without it being, you know, that wasn't the central focus of the movie. Yeah. Well, it was it was it was it provided a uh, a way to get to the funny. Yeah. Uh, that was planned, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so I want to talk about Devlin Warren, the guy that uh, that George hires. Well, he, he also he always he also tells him, like, basically to fuck off like two or three yeah. times. But I'm, I'm credit to him. He is persistent about getting that job. You well, know, he's desperate. Oh, because yeah. they don't have any land mm-hmm. because they lost their cl- their claim when his dad died. Yeah. So now they arrive there. They have nothing. I, they, the only thing I didn't understand about that, though, is like so he gets the job. Right. And then yep. and then I, I he like gets like a, was it a miscommunication? I wasn't quite sure because no. he gets like no, aggressive. he explained it. Yeah. He explained it. What it was was. He was turned down three times Mm -hmm. or two times. The third time he so right before Bunny tells him the bum Bunny tells him, hey, sometimes you just have to beg. If you want something, you have to lower yourself and beg. Mm -hmm. And which is what he essentially did. He relayed the information uh, about his father dying, which informs us of their situation you know uh as the viewer but it that right there is what he had to humble himself uh which is what g uh, when gw says okay yeah i'll give you a job he tries to punch gw because he is so he feels so bad that he lowered himself that it was a it was a sense of pride Mm, okay. That it was a, I am I am now really angry because I did this. I lowered myself and mm. I um you know, I he and he he says that he's never had to beg for anything mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to. Um but that also works in his favor because that actually that action is actually what earns the respect of GW. Yeah. The fact that he wasn't satisfied having to beg for something because mm-hmm. GW wants someone that work right. that has pride um, and self-respect. Yeah. 
Um, so the fact that he he tried to, you know, punch him seemed crazy to all of them. And mm-hmm. that was the point. But um, the reason that that he did it is what earned uh, GW's respect. Sure. Well, we'll uh, we'll 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 move on from this. But what I will say is, like, if you want <laughs> if you want a bunch of people uh, squirming at uncomfortable uh, scenes, like watch, uh, listen to the watch party for this movie because it was an interesting watch party. That's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, let's go over my favorite parts of the movie, though. Uh, I just like with Casablanca because Casablanca actually came out like a year before or like 10 years before this. Yeah. Um, no long ending credits. It's like, we get all the credits at the opening of the movie. Once the movie's done, it's done. That's it. That's the way all movies were Mm -hmm. because it was, do you know what the first movie to not have credits was at the beginning? I don't star Wars. Oh, and they almost didn't let it release because of that. It was the industry standard that you must credit everybody at the beginning. Right. It was, but that when they put out Star Wars, they they wanted that that text crawl at the very beginning, so they put the credits at the end. And if I remember right, that almost prevented the movie from being released. Yeah, because the industry said no, you have to credit everybody. And so, if you don't, if you like the credits at the beginning, but the, you know the argument is, so do you like sitting through the credits? Mm. Because yeah, because if they're the, have to sit through the credits, if you if they're at the end, what what does it matter? Because then when the movie's over, you just turn it off. Um, but that was the argument for why the industry was mad about Star Wars yeah. is because, hey, who's going to how are you, how's anybody going to see who did what? Because they're not going to stick around. Well, and we talked about this, too, after the watch party was over. That was like basically uh, the way that Star Wars got around that was basically paying the SAG, like the SAG organization, like to basically <laughs> it was basically paying them off to say, like, yeah, yeah, right. But in many ways, too, like it kind of changed the industry doing it doing it that way, too, because because now all movies are like that. I mean, you do still have opening credits, but it's basically just to like say like the director, like the actors at the beginning, basically. And then you save everything else for the end credits now. So, yeah. So, yeah, it did. It definitely did change the industry with that. Yep. Um, <laughs> I did, I did enjoy like, so, so Drago is just, you know, constantly like he, he's like shooting off his gun and that's how he gets everyone's attention. Like I just, that's I enjoy that, that. That's a trope. That's oh, yeah. just a trope. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and which they, they leaned into, but yeah, I know it was, yeah. <laughs> Every time it happened, I just couldn't help but laugh. Cause it was like, I, I, I know that that's what they did and it was just, I don't know. It was just so funny. Well, he only did it once. Eh, I think he did it like two or three times. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, there was so at the beginning with the hat, that was a start. He right. fired it off as a starting pistol. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. And then the only time he fired his gun to get people's attention was at the train station. Right. When all the all the sharecroppers or uh, the uh, settlers were coming in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then yeah. later, 
I mean, there wasn't even a starting pistol for the uh the rodeo. The kids Yeah, the kids set off, set off the, the, the explosive. Yeah, the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, that was that was kind of funny too. Well, because because the governor is like giving this like super important speech or whatever, and then all of a sudden, bang, we're off. <laughs> Which uh like and that goes back to like I was talking about that. Uh, the government officials were, you know, the the butt of the jokes. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah, you you picked up on that real quick when uh, when that first uh, uh, what did he call him? Uh, bureaucrat comes out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, you had uh, is it Ainsley or I, it's been a while since I watched it. So um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of. There's the the agent for the uh agency of Indian Affairs. Mm-hmm. Um that there's that guy he's the one with the glasses who uh was the weasley guy Mm -hmm. um but uh and i mean yeah he that that's he he was he was a type of dude that just deserves to be punched yeah Um, Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely for for many reasons (laughs) many reasons (laughs) yeah so I'm I'm trying to figure out too because we, we we briefly alluded to it because George is you know basically the millionaire of his time. I mean, he probably was a millionaire, probably you know because because a millionaire back then was like you're basically like r- it was rich it would AF. be a multi billionaire by today's standards. Oh yeah, probably. absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it may not be that uh, not that that much, but uh, I mean, yes, he was well made uh, or well. Uh, endowed at that point, um, but he he's self made man. Yeah, well, in the he, he, yeah, well, okay. in the town is like named after him too. Like the that his last yeah. name is plastered all over the yeah. uh, buildings, and, and it's Kinda... because the the town exists because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was a comment uh, that Mister uh, 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 what's his name? Um, mm. Okay. Uh, I can't. Oh, Douglas, Mr. Douglas. I don't know how I forgot that. Oh yeah. There's mm-hmm. a point where Mr. Douglas says that G that M- Mr. McClintock thinks he owns this town mm-hmm. and he pointed out that, you know, or he said it, it because it's named after him. And he said, and he points out, you know, I, I do own a good portion of this town. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of does, yeah. you know, but, uh, but I mean, he's, he's not he he he's he's the kind he's the kind of guy that that ever, that most people aspire to be when they make their money but then don't become in the fact that he hasn't forgotten where he came from he hasn't he doesn't look down on anybody other than the government uh bureaucrats mm-hmm. um he's generous uh there's stuff that kind of alludes to him his philanthropy uh philanthropy uh especially the you know wanting to give everything to back to the people when he yeah, dies yeah and make it a national you know? park yeah um but i mean yeah he he they 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 named off that he has cattle he's the biggest biggest cattle rancher in the area yeah. he has mines he has lumber uh you know he he owns trees and uh a, a processing facility yeah so you know all of everything in that town was built by 
you know, through him. And you get that sense like super quickly, very on at the not, beginning. And he's too. not in charge. He's not the mayor. They even point out when uh yeah. when when uh his daughter when Becky comes back, mm-hmm. Mr. Birnbaum uh goes to give the speech. He says, Since the mayor's out of town, I'll give the speech. Mm, um, right, right. But uh it sure feels like he is though. <laughs> but but and and it that goes also to um there there's the the other rancher, the young one that he scolds at the beginning that, that basically says that that young people call me Mr. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and then later in the movie, Mr. Douglas was uh saying something and he he referred to or the the kid the young guy referred to him as douglas and he says oh you call me douglas but you call him mr mcclintock Mm -hmm. and his response was well he's earned my respect Mm -hmm. which was a huge dig at at uh mr douglas because you know Mr. Douglas is not respected. He hasn't done anything to be respected. Yeah. But that that was there to kind of inform the viewer that yes, uh GW is highly respected. Mm-hmm. Um because he is a he or he's a guy worth uh the respect. He's earned it. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about that mud scene because that's kind of like the most um because I, I was looking at IMDb that's kind of the most memorable scene oh, out yeah. of this entire it, it's movie. It's a great it's a great scene. Yeah. I here's the thing though, right? Cuz it's like it all starts from this altercation uh with George and and the one guy that thought the native american had took his yep, daughter one of the one of the farmers. Yeah, basically. But I love how it like transitions from like from two people just having a brawl in the middle to like an all out brawl where people are just getting like shoved into the mud. (laughs) Yeah. So that is the, that's a play on the trope uh, of the bar brawl, uh, which Mm. a lot of Westerns have a bar brawl. Um, And this was, you know, just let, let's, let's do it in the context of this movie. Cause there, there isn't a lot of time spent in the bar. Yeah. They but yeah, intentionally you have like a- avoid, they intentionally avoid all that. Um, so they put it outside and you know what? Yeah. And it was, it was a way to feed the slapstick uh, humor. Yeah. Well, and it's, and they, and there's so much out of the bar that, it, that it's like, there's only like two or three scenes w- like outside of the saloon. And then w- mm-hmm. even if they are in the saloon, they're there for like, five yeah. ten minutes at most yeah um and i mean that was and that was intentional mm-hmm. because uh, you know to to there's references to him his drinking but not a lot of focus on the drinking yeah. like uh there are other movies where you know there's a lot of time spent playing cards and drinking and yeah but this this is a comedy well, and 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 this is certainly a t- uh, tell of the times. Certainly, when uh, when that scene goes on for like, because because this, this brawling scene goes on for a good solid like ten minutes, and then mm-hmm. you also have like, um, but here's the here's one like minor detail that I didn't quite understand. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be like a slapstick thing, but it's like they only have the trombone in there. Like they have like a little trombone like slapstick sort of like sound effect in there. But it's only there like a couple of times. It's not yeah. on every. I mean, it would be ball. it would be obnoxious if it was there all the I time. I guess that's true. Yeah, you're it right. It was there to accentuate specific things. 
Yeah. Uh, primarily having to do with uh, Maureen O'Hara or Catherine mm-hmm. or uh, GW. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like because everybody else is a bit player. Um, and yeah. So it's like they were uh, they were doing particular they were um, they were doing particular falls with mm-hmm. the, the trombone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and then, you know, um, that also. That was also important. That scene was important because the, if I remember right, uh, there's a scene later where, um, where, uh, Mrs. Warren comes upstairs to check on, uh, on Catherine and says, Oh, you got a black eye. Mm. Did Mr. McClintock give you that? Mm. And she uh, quickly and uh, forcefully says, no, I earned it. Yeah, she got it. And she, she got it in the fight. Right. Um, Because she she was in there uh, throwing down. Um, yeah, I know. She with was. the best of them. So, yeah, that black eye, she earned it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, Mrs. Warren immediately thinks that GW did it to her. Yeah. Which is what I was saying before, uh, back to the thing uh, where there was a commentary on, uh, uh, part of this movie was a commentary on uh, abuse, mm-hmm. and which is why they immediately jump to that. Um, and yeah. She quickly corrects her and says, no. Yeah, I yeah. I earned this. It was a badge of honor. Yeah. So that chess game, right? So here, here's 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 something like that I found about the chess game, right? Because because that's a common theme. They keep going back to like doing chess games, and well, they like to play chess. Yeah, and to be fair, yeah, that, that was kind of like the entertainment that they had back in those days. <laughs> it's like I assume that there, that it's different uh, chess games being played throughout the movie, but part of me just wants it to be like one long chess game. You know, well, like that would have made it like so much okay. more funnier at the beginning. Mr. Birnbaum is clearly playing chess via mail or telegraph with somebody else, Mm. which is why the board was set up. And then GW gives him a suggestion of what, what to uh, do next move to make. And then later he shows up and says, that was a bad move. My queen, the queen is in trouble. Right, right. So that that's an indication that this is a that that one is a game that's he's probably doing uh via distance yeah. with somebody else. Mm. Um but there there's multiple games because yes, uh GW does play ch- chess with him regularly as when uh Catherine comes to the store they're playing a game so it's yeah. clearly not the other game yeah and I think Devlin because, plays another game with uh, GW but then, as well and that's at the house yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Devlin and him were playing when uh when uh uh the daughter and uh Dick Van Dyke's brother were singing in the other room and he's really distracted yeah that's that's at the house right so there's at least three different games that we we you see yeah and <laughs> it would have been funny though it would have been funny if it was yeah. all the same game though <laughs> yeah well i mean except for the fact that uh in the store 
uh, she falls asleep on the couch mm-hmm. and they comment that they've been playing chess all night. Uh, oh, right. I, I would hope that they got in a couple games if they had been playing all night. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I never the sun had the sun had just gone down when he heads into town. So we're guessing it's probably like maybe eight, nine o'clock. And mm-hmm. then they finish like the sun's up in the morning. So it'd been a good like eight hours at least. Yeah. You know, I never, uh, you never, I, d- I never was able to learn chess. I never got around to learning uh, chess. Like I played, I played, everybody. I played checkers, but I mean, that's not the same, you know, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like a chess feel to me would feels like it's like way too complicated for me to learn. It's not for everybody. Yeah. I, 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 I can play chess. But I've never had the interest to learn how to become good at chess. Yeah. Because it's much more than understanding how to play the game. Uh, there's, and I have no interest. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, you were mentioning uh, <laughs> you were mentioning the fact that Catherine uses a lot of uh, big words. I like um, I like that one scene where Lem is dropping Catherine off at the house and she mentions that he is unprepossessing and he he, yeah yeah and he's like and he's wondering like what that means he even asks gw it's like well i looked it up in a dictionary you probably don't want to know what it means well (laughs) that was the whole point of that too was to set up that joke because he Mm -hmm. said when he says when he says you 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 probably don't want to know uh and lem just goes okay yeah, well, but, and, uh, but and, there's a lot of times in the movie where she will say something and and then somebody will be like, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, but I looked I, I had to look this one up in particular. So mm-hmm. in case you in case you were ever wondering what the definition of it is, the definition is not particularly attractive or appealing to the eye. And I totally get why GW said you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Hey, you're, be- you're better off not knowing. Yep. Mm hmm. So that uh, so that worker at the house, like he, he threatens to kill himself because he the, got the, fired. The cook. He yeah, was the it was cook. The, the cook. Right. So. And, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, because no, I was going to say like, so he threatens to kill himself because he gets fired. And, and then he, but he's, he, he got retired, according to GW. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the difference is, but OK. But well, in particular, fired means you. You you don't you don't work there anymore. You get to leave and don't come back retired uh, and part of the family means you get to stick around Mm. and you just don't have to work. Yeah, but here but here's something that wasn't like I did not know about this. Like, I don't know if he was just bullshitting about this particular part, but he mentions like if his pigtails are cut off, he won't go to heaven like I've never heard of that being okay. a thing. So I'm not an expert on, but I do know that the key or Q it's a Q is what you call the, the pigtail. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, there was a couple things that number one, it was a sign of pride. So oh, if, interesting. if, if it were to be cut off, uh depending on the time um uh how do, how do i put this uh it would you know there there was at one point under one of the dynasties i know that 
everybody was required to wear one. And if you didn't wear one or it got cut off, you would be killed mm. in China. Um, I do know that people in the U.S., if they cut it, they couldn't go back to China. Mm. Um, but I don't know the time. I don't know if this fits into that, you know, dynasty yeah. or whatever. Yeah, because in particular, but, they're talking about like he won't be able to go yeah, to heaven yeah. because and of it. It, it would it, it would basically bring him great shame. Yeah, um, is what it was kind of alluding to. Yeah. Probably my favorite part, though, about the movie, though, is like at the end of the movie when they had the Fourth of July celebration and the governor gets a little bit of egg on his face. Quite literally, oh, yeah. in fact. Yep. <laughs> and by the way, they were mentioning the fact that it might be an egg from last year, too, which is probably gone like yep. sour. And it's like, Ugh. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. makes it just makes it even more gross. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, there was a there was a lot of gags set up. Oh yeah, and I mean that. Then that's one of the things I loved about the movie. I one of the reasons that this is one of my favorite movies is because number one, there's a lot of gags. Uh, they are set up very well, and the jokes still hold up. Now, yeah, you know they they don't seem dated because they were uh, the the way they were crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, that a, lo- a lot of it has to do with alliteration, um, the way words are said or, you know, or just scenarios that will, you know, always be relevant. Um, mm-hmm. like drunk people falling down the stairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's a thing that's gonna, ha- that's gonna exist until either stairs or drunk people no longer exist <laughs> yeah because um, like and it was it to be fair it was probably super over exaggerated oh, for yeah, the movie no, but too. that was the point yeah. right, that was right. the point yeah because it was like blur, 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 blur. <laughs> that, that, that was always my favorite part of the movie um was was the stair scene and yeah because I, then you're like okay we're done and nope one more yeah until he's like i'm I'm sleeping in the den. <laughs> I did. I will say I did enjoy those gags quite a lot. That that's, that's what redeemed the movie for me a lot in, in, in my mind. Yeah. And I, I noticed, I, I noticed in your notes, you, you had mentioned something about GW making uh, Mrs. Warren drink. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, he didn't make her drink. She didn't have to drink. She chose to drink. Um, because it was the it was the the uh, I'll say trope again of drunk people when someone's drunk they always want you to drink with them right which is why he gave her a drink he wasn't watching her you yeah. know if she didn't drink he wouldn't have known yeah and then he and then he said oh I won't give you any more and she said you know what no I will and yeah. she made the conscious decision I'm drinking. But also, and, she she goes from zero to drunk so yeah, quickly. That, <laughs> so for two reasons that that's the indication that number one, she doesn't normally drink, right? And number two, they needed a way to set up the the uh, stair scene. Yeah. Well, and 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 I'm pretty sure they were just drinking straight up whiskey, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that what they were, they're, they're, yeah. That's yeah. My 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 philosophy on drinks nowadays, it's like. 
I I only drink if it's like a special occasion, right? Like if there's a special yeah. occasion, that's when I drink. I don't normally drink outside of those, you yeah. know, because that's because that's my own personal rule that I've set, right? Yeah. But um, but my but my philosophy is like, and like not everyone agrees with this, and you can you can disagree with me on this. That's fine. But it's like if you're not enjoying the drink that you're drinking, then don't then, drink it. Yeah, then what the hell are you doing? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like if you so if you're like me and you like fruity vodka drinks and that's the drink that you like, yeah. enjoy that motherfucker. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, and also you got to remember that in the 1850s, 1860s, there wasn't a big selection. If you wanted to drink, you would yeah. drink whatever was available. Right. Uh, mixed drinks weren't invented until prohibition. Right. And and I believe that was due to the fact that number one, they had to make the alcohol last. Uh, they had to stretch it out, and number two, the alcohol was being made in bathtubs and anywhere and it may not taste the best <laughs> yeah. so they had to find ways to make it taste better and also might not be sanitary and <laughs> yeah well no it, it, it'll be sanitary because of the alcohol the oh, alcohol yeah, no, that's is a true. disinfectant yeah. no you're true um, that's right yeah but it, but it may not taste great uh, yeah based on the materials that you know and or the the yeah. uh stuff that they use I'm, to make it what you know but so yes, uh, if if you were drinking back then, you had probably a choice between beer and whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'm just um, I'm just glad that we have, have a, more if options you're lucky, today. You have a couple, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just lucky that we have all the options we have today. <laughs> all righty, so let's give our final ratings on the movie, uh, Clyde. It sounds like you're going to give this movie a thumbs up, but what oh, would you rate this? Um, uh, what's the scale? Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, I, some, sometimes just, I like to do in the middle, but I try to do thumbs up, thumbs down. No, it's a definite thumbs up to me. This is one of this is one of my favorite uh, movies. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite westerns. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, all I, right. I, so, I, I love this movie. Yeah, all right, and you know that's and then and that's your opinion, hundred percent. I am going to give it I am personally going to give it a thumbs down. And it's not even because it because of the fact that some aspects didn't age well. That's not even why I would give it a thumbs down. I Western movies in particular, and I talked about this uh, a couple episodes back, but Western movies for me, like I, I it's hard for me to enjoy a Western movie because they're a little too slow for my liking. And like for me, it's like I, this might be the point of the, uh, the, the, the this might be part of the trope of the movie, but like the plot was like, I don't know. To me, it seemed like it was lacking a little bit. Like it was just them so, two arguing each other with each other. And that was the plot. Well, but, let, let, let me say uh, slow is not one thing I would say to uh, describe this movie because they get in and get out of each scene quickly and they keep mm-hmm. moving this movie moves right along boom 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 to each yeah. next thing um most a lot of older westerns will have you you know like a long five minute riding scene or you mm-hmm. know view of the vista or you know whatever yeah this doesn't do any of that this is just nope yeah boom, next thing next thing next yeah. thing next thing yeah no that that I is mean, i mean it's, that is fair. it's a love story 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's a love story. Uh, it's, uh, there's redemption mm-hmm. because they don't get divorced at the end. Yeah. Well, that's um, fair. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, and, and you're right. Yeah. The, the pacing is definitely better than more than most mm-hmm. Western movies. I, it was still a little too slow for me personally, but that's just me. Um, I, I will say, you know, cause I said it before back to the future part three is the best Western movie ever. I still stand by that statement. Western. <laughs> I Western. still stand by that statement. I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of movies you haven't seen then, <laughs> but you know, I, well, <laughs> welcome to the show, <laughs> but you know what, you know, th- things that people should care about is some of Clyde's work. Uh, Clyde, let the folks know where they can find your work. Wait, I I have work? I or, mean, oh, you're talking about the VOD Squad. Right. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Movie Party, which uh, is once a month. And uh, that you can go to at DC Movie Party to... Uh, yeah, on Twitter. When, yeah. yeah, on Twitter to find out when we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. then yeah, yeah. vodsquad.com movieparty.net and then at poodle puncher on Twitter right yeah yeah uh, you can you can follow me on Twitter I don't typically do much <laughs> because Twitter is a huge cesspool of hate but but I'll use it to to get the word out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's mainly what I use Twitter for these days <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of getting the word out, I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, I stream our reactions over on Twitch, which actually, since this movie is in the public domain, we were actually able to show the movie on screen. Uh, Yeah. Oh, sorry. I would say one thing worth mentioning. If you're going to watch this movie, be careful which version you watch. Mm. There are like three different versions out there and two of them are absolute garbage. Uh, mm. But there's not really any way to tell them apart. So look at the reviews because mm. before you watch one, especially if you watch it on Amazon, mm. uh, the reviews will typically call out if the if the transfer is bad. Yeah. Well, I know that we got the right copy for this one because <laughs> we're talking about the same one. <laughs> but that's over on my Twitch. You can also watch me every Wednesday and Friday night over there. Twitch.tv slash Scott is one. But if you can't make it to the watch party, don't worry. We have it available exclusively to the patrons that support. You, you can support the show over at patreon.com slash is one. Thank you so much to everyone that does. If you have thoughts about the movie we discussed today, you can join the conversation at discord.cinemavention.com. Send me an email, email at cinemavention.com. And visit cinemavention.com for all the previous episodes and a link to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Please leave a review on there if you can. I would appreciate it so much. Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com. We'll be back next week to discuss the movie Knives Out with Samuel Lewis, which, spoiler alert, this was a fun movie to watch. So I can't wait to have that conversation with Sam. I hope you'll be there for it. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)